Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward podcast, DJ and Kyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? We've got a great episode in store today for you. We had Jake Stemmo on from Presence Worship, and he was awesome. And he is going to be awesome in two episodes. It was a long conversation that we got to have with him, but we just loved hearing his heart and we never want to clip him off from that. It was awesome. So we turned it into two episodes. So we hope that after this part one, you go listen to part two with Jake. He shared some more awesome tips and and ways that you can have the true heart of a worshiper within your youth ministry. It's so awesome. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoy Jake's demo. Welcome to episode 26 of the Embrace the Awkward podcast, where we have one goal in mind, and that is to help you handle awkward better. Kyle, how's it going today? Good. Um, uh, This is going to be another great episode because... We have someone special joining us, DJ. Sure, yeah, exciting. Um, so we have Jake Stemo. He is a worship leader, uh, uber worship leader, I should Guru, say. There's Guru, there's lots of words experts. we could write. <laughs> um, but he uh, runs a ministry called Presence Worship. Uh, Jake, how's it going? It's great. It's good to be here. So kind of diving in, because um, our listeners might not know, kind of share a little bit about what is Presence Worship and kind of what do you do? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> My name is Jake, as you guys said, um, and I lead Presence Worship. Presence Worship is a, a ministry uh, with a heart to equip the next generation of worship leaders and musicians, um, both spiritually and musically. And so we do that through different uh, ministry opportunities. We run a residency during the summer for uh, leaders who are 18 to 25 years old. Uh, it's an eight-week residency, and then we also have worship camps for younger students, junior high, high school students, um, different musicians, uh, and then we have a couple other exciting things that we'll go through a little bit more throughout uh, this podcast. So Awesome. Um, so how did you get to the point where you are now? Because now you're kind of a, a worship leader of worship leaders, Yeah. Um, and the residency program is anyone could be a musician, a singer, even tech ministry yeah. as well. So how did you get to this point? Yeah. Um, so I grew up uh, I grew up in Wisconsin and started leading worship and um, just growing as a musician. When I was in fifth grade, I started playing the bass. And I grew up in a Christian school, grew up in youth group, um, playing music and leading worship. Um, and then, you know, when I got uh, – I actually led worship in a high school band. Um, and when I got out of high school, you know, I wanted to be, um, I got married and wanted to be a missionary. And so I kind of uh, laid down worship and really? uh, hmm. st- stopped. Did you have a, a place in mind? Uh, yeah, we were actually going to be church planners in Mozambique, Africa. We, <laughs> wow. We went, to a, we went to a small mission school called um, New Tribes Mission. And uh, we we graduated from there, and uh, we were going on the second phase of training to before we would go and um, and plant a tribal church, <laughs> wow. and and then God uh, really met us at the the sending church we were working with, 
they asked me to start leading worship in the youth group. And as I was leading there, God really just changed our whole trajectory. And I just fell in love with the presence of the Lord and leading worship again. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So is that a little bit where the presence came from or did you jump right into presence worship or did you have something beforehand before presence worship residency happened? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's something that was always inside of us. And even at a young age, like when we were, me and my wife met at 16 at Bible camp and we, we really saw how the presence of God shifted and changed people's hearts. And, and it was through worship where we both encountered his presence and encountered who God was. And so I think early on those seeds were planted okay. in us. And, and then, you know, as we were on this journey of just pursuing the Lord, you know, it was those times really in the secret place where um, I was just worshiping him on my own, where it really captivated my heart for, man, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what... I want to pursue with everything in it. And it really changed, you know, we're serving at a church in Chicago um, called Harvest Bible Chapel. I was interning there, vertical worship. Uh, So Andy Rozier and some of these guys, we got to serve under um, for a while. And we were there and we just had some people speak into our lives um, about church planning and and they just were kind of asking us, is this really what you want to do um, or what you're gifted in? And we kind of, it was the first time we really were like, no, we think we want to pursue worship. We want to pursue um, really training and discipling worship leaders. And it changed our whole uh, trajectory. Um, and and God, you know, took us from there. I, I took an internship with a uh, with a church right outside of Chicago, and I I led there for six months as an intern, and then they hired me as a worship director. Um, so that was a uh, evangelical free church, first free Rockford, Illinois, and I was a worship director there for three years um, before God brought us to Kansas. Wow. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> that that's crazy. Um, the first time I actually experienced. Uh, worship or your worship was uh, six years ago at a youth conference. Um, And I would have to say it was the first time I saw most of my students absolutely fully feel the presence of worship. Now, Mm -hmm. I I know this, I'm not saying that uh, you're the best worship leader ever, although I do think you are, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to lock you in on that. Oh, uh, but my Thank students you. really enjoyed it, and Amen. it felt, uh, and I felt good and even more worshipful knowing that my students are experiencing God even without me, because I have to be honest, I'm musically challenged. I can't carry a tune. I can't carry a beat. Uh, so DJ, Prove you're it. Prove it. very musical. Right? Sure. Yeah, no, I've, so I've just had a background with, but mine's on more the jazz side, and that's yeah. not necessarily the scene where this spirit is seen moving. You know? <laughs> but but no, I at the end of every conference or camp on the way back, I have a sheet with every kid's name on it, and I pass it to them on the bus, and they just have to spend 30 minutes writing just anything they experienced at this camp or conference. And um, last year, we were coming back from this conference, and I had a kid that wrote a full front and back page about how um, the wor- they, for the first time they just felt the spirit move and worship and oh, and like just created man. this heart in in her as a for the Lord and for worship and 
She's like, I want to travel the world. I want to sing in a praise band. I'm like, check out the president's worship presidency because you are. Yes. And uh, no, but but Amen. I mean, I've seen the same thing with my students that have really just experienced yeah. and, that worshipful heart. And so one of the things that we wanted to do is bring you in uh, to help out um, and kind of give our listeners just uh, some practical advice and help and all that. But one thing that I noticed, because both DJ and I have uh, seen God work through you um, and your band, because it's not just you up with a guitar, yeah. it's a whole band and that whole aspect. Um, and that these moments, these conferences or camps that you've led worship at have been very uh, intentional or a big worship experience for me. What about you? What is, or when do you feel the most worshipful? Is there a certain place or a time where you're like, man, this is worshipful for me as a worship leader? Yeah. Um, I'd have to say, you know, early on I cultivated, um, just a heart for the secret place with the Lord. And when I say that, it, it really means like moments where it was just me and the Lord and I was seeking to worship him on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, I'm a extreme morning person. Oh no. Uh, and so <laughs> so it's always been like I just remember early on like the first year I was in ministry like just waking up early, sitting in the kitchen with my guitar and just like worshiping the Lord. And you know, it was it was just those early on moments that cultivate rhythms in your life to um really see God, you know, use that in the future. And so for me, that's that's kind of been the same today. Like okay. just uh, I try and protect my mornings with the Lord and get up early um, and want to just spend time with him. And obviously like every day is not <laughs> ideal or, <laughs> sure. you know, I have three kids and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy at times, but really trying to protect that time weekly where I get to just worship the Lord or sit in silence and just listen to him and, and try and focus on his word and and really those are some of my greatest worship moments okay sure so. yeah so so i got a question for you so worship um has changed so much when you look at the history of the church especially in music yeah. Yeah. um and so a lot of us or a lot of our listeners too are in more, more traditional churches or older churches and so um is there like a trend just talking about how worship has changed so much is there a trend that that you're excited about? You see, do you see like, you know, worship ministry, music ministry kind of moving in a direction or do you mm. see like a wave coming through or what, what's the, what's the future of, of worship ministry look like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good question. And the answer right off the bat is I don't know, but I have some hunches on what, kind of God's doing and stirring. I mean, this year has been crazy, mm, you know, yeah, yeah. and I think everything that could be uprooted has been uprooted in the worship movement. And then on the, on the same, uh, in the same sentence, you know, we're, we're on the brink of a new decade, a new yeah. decade of, of the worship movement is upon us. And I really believe that God is about to unleash a new wave uh, we've, we've really seen, um, we've seen God moving in ways that we probably wouldn't have guessed in the worship movement. Right. Um, sure. and, and seeing him, seeing him speak and breathe on some of the simplest songs and the, 
you know, we're really seeing a shift away from production and performance into just like purity and simplicity and, and even just, you know, examples of that, you know, there's some, um, some bands and some groups that are purely after worshiping the heart of Jesus and ministering to his heart. And it's shifted away from being so focused on what people want and it's shifted towards what is, what does God desire and what does God want? Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is, you know, us not caring as much about the worldly things or the things that people are going to see with their eyes, but it's really what people's hearts are going to be captivated with, Mm -hmm. what's going to burn passion in them. And I mean, we're seeing that with groups, you know, like Maverick city music and upper room and these different, leaders who are releasing songs that they're they're full of life and it's almost like you can sense and feel like you're in the room with these people singing songs where that just hasn't happened in the past before it's it's really been yeah. more produced more like mainstream i would yeah. say in the early uh, and again i'm not the worship expert but the early 2000s for the past 10 15 years up until maybe even 5 years ago this performance was attached to the worship. They had to be the best lights and the most smoke and, and and all that. And there's nothing wrong with the lights or smoke, but if that's all you do and yeah. you're not leading people in through worship or the presence of God, um, then there's that that struggle. So I, I do think you're right that there's this desire for authenticity, particularly in the worship experience that the church is calling out for. Yeah. And I've seen it in teenagers particularly. Uh, yeah, they like the lights and they like the excitement, but it's they want to know the words. They want to hear the lyrics. They want to see them. They're not just like watching yeah. a show. So yeah. my question to you is now that the church has kind of gone through this huge change, and I don't know where the future will hold, but stuff is online now, as in the yeah. whole worship service or church service is online. Right. What's your thoughts on this? online aspect can mm. you do you think a person can still fully worship um at home watching the worship service or do worship uh leaders yeah. or churches need to change in order to have an online experience that match a in-person experience yeah and man i've been praying about this a lot and really you know we're in a really unique time um and i i've i've been yeah it's been heavy on my heart because the only thing I can say that the Lord has been showing me is just praying about the fire of God. And he's really been revealing this to me. And he showed me this picture of like if I was like abandoned in Alaska and and I just, you know, was freezing to death, like watching a fire on a screen was not going to warm me or help me. Mm-hmm. Um and what what this realization in my quiet time was that like this isn't sustainable for the body um, to always be online forever, and and just practically seeing like watching a bonfire on a screen or watching a fire on a screen like it really does nothing for you. Yeah, I mean maybe for a moment it it's enjoyable or peaceful to watch. Um, but there's this reality to being in the room and being able to contribute to what is happening and like being lit on fire 
through like the only way you can be burnt from fire is being in the room and trying to put your hand in the fire. Um, and so just to even run with that a little bit, I feel like what God's been teaching me is that through this time, like we can't, we can't be dependent upon like a live stream culture to define the future, but we also need to figure out how to get grow past it because it is part of culture. It's not going to go away. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's not going away. And, and which presents a challenge for the future and for the church. But this, for me, this reality is like, how, how do we, how do we really, you know, bring people into encounter with the presence of God, like through a screen? And I, I don't have great solutions because I, <laughs> I don't think it's a, it, it's only, it's only sustainable for a limited amount of time. Like we were never meant to, be in community through through a screen and this is maybe my own conviction of just like it never was meant to be a long-term solution yeah i do like how the phrase you use is contribute and i'm thinking my own worship experience uh, you know listening to a song on youtube or spotify i can have that worship experience but man when i'm in a room and my voice is added to one of hundreds or thousands of others there's yeah. a totally different experience that you cannot duplicate mm-hmm. on the screen or on your own yeah. um and, and so i do i do totally agree on that that contributing aspect and w- one of the things i always tell students too in like our worship experience time like like when we're gathered singing there's something powerful that happens when you hear a voice next to you mm-hmm. Like, and you hear a room full of voices declaring truths about who God is, like it does something in, it stirs something in your soul. It stirs something in your heart to, and it changes you forever because mm-hmm. you remember those moments. Yeah. It's just not the same when you're sitting in your room or in your car sure. and you're singing as loud and as terrible as you can. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, you may have a moment where you're stirred, but there's something that happens. I, I believe it shifts heaven too. Like when we mm. gather together and we sing together and God hears the hearts of hundreds of students crying out the same truth together, yeah. like it only is going to sound like that one time mm. ever. And yeah. it's, it's, it blows my mind that's, like every time. True. Never thought about yeah. it that way. Yeah. That's cool. Well, this is the awkward podcast, um, and and so the we have some <laughs> awkward questions for you. So this, uh, uh, and then we have some rapid fire questions. We give okay. every person we interview some rapid fire questions. So first, some awkward questions. Yes. Uh, uh, on this, uh, because we want everyone to handle awkward better. Right. So there's some controversy when it comes to worship. I don't know if yeah. you've ever experienced any controversy. None. Not none in the at church. all. Yeah. Certainly not in the church. Uh, yeah. I mean, music style, song selection, lights, no lights, too much lights i mean i i've been part of several churches and the worship has always been uh almost a dividing point in this yeah. and i've been in youth ministry so i'm pretty one-sided on this as yeah. lights uh, uh worship band yes we want drums you know the whole thing right but other people haven't you're now kind of right there in the middle of it yes so how do you handle some of the awkward situations where Maybe you chose a song and someone else says, well, is that theologically correct? Or how do you, have you ever gone to that situation and how do you handle that? Yeah, no, never, no one ever has an opinion <laughs> about worship songs or worship leaders. No, I mean, I think we all ha- have had these awkward moments where 
you know, you just poured out your heart on stage and you just led this worship set. You step off the stage and there's a guy waiting for you. (laughs) And he has this conversation just that he's the whole time has been having in his head of how he's, how he's going to set the worship leader straight. I know exactly what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. You know, and, and sometimes it's like, like, is God's love really that reckless? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. And wait, I have no idea what that reference is. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is. Yeah. A, a, you know, I've never and, seen a song such a lightning rod. Yeah. reckless love song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and thankfully, I actually have not had that conversation. Like, no one's ever approached me with that. But I've had other s- scenarios where people really just want to know. And I, I would say, like, if we err on, if we go after loving people above like our own opinions or even like loving people, even through awkward conversations, awkward moments, Mm -hmm. it goes way further than we realize, even if we disagree. And so, um, what I've always, you know, waited on is that, you know, the Lord has placed me in this moment in this opportunity or even leadership to be able to steward the people and the church in a way towards life and godliness, towards um, spiritual growth, and and I take that pretty pretty seriously. And so, I I'm not just picking songs or desiring to sing songs that I like, but really that are going to stir the body to follow after Jesus um, with more passion and desire, and really to to serve Him in every area of their lives. And so. You know, it's really not just like sometimes it's the phrase in a song and uh, and some people just get upset about certain phrases in a song when they miss the whole point of the whole song. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I think that's what like kindly reminding people through in and through the context of different songs that may have awkward moments <laughs> yeah. and and uh, um, and really helping the to explain yourself or and sometimes people just don't want to hear what what you have to say or or they can be you know even more upset so yeah sure uh so uh, one thing that i'm seeing a, a trend probably in the past couple months uh a big concern um and i just wanted to hear your opinion and maybe you don't have an opinion on this uh, but bethel music has been a band that i've i've seen rise up in the controversial kind of aspects. And so doing minimal research, there's grave concerns for some people with an entire worship band. Any so, song they put out. So yeah. So I was thinking it's a certain song or it's a certain way they do songs, but it's almost like the, they're attached to a church. And so people are against the church. So they actually cancel the whole band, Bethel worship. No, we can't listen to that. That's dangerous. It's all bad theology. I was wondering, like, what's your thoughts on that? Is there is it being overblown? Is it serious? Or maybe like we're dealing with something that is pretty complicated and we're simplifying simplifying it by just dismissing the whole band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. And I guess I, I feel like this has been happening for years. So it's, okay. and maybe there's more stuff. I, I'm outside the worship. World. I don't know, like <laughs> recently. Um, but what I would say is, uh, like Satan has been trying to divide the church for years Mm -hmm. and his, his greatest, you know, way of 
deceiving people is by deceiving believers and trying to get us against one another. And it's it's funny because I, I feel like I've been doing this for years, is like this a song could be so theologically correct and then somebody finds out who wrote it and then it's completely theologically uh, yes. wrong. Right. And so like it's sad to even say this, but like I would bring songs to the table at a church and I would and I would bring the songwriter and I would say, Okay, this was written by Jeremy Riddle or Phil Wickham. Um and everyone's like, Yes, this is great. <laughs> and then they find out that it was released by Bethel and then they all of a sudden were upset. Yeah. Wow. And and I think what it does is it ex- actually exposes some things in our own hearts. Yeah. Of like sometimes we just we hear things and we don't know the true hearts behind certain people, but because of the association with certain things, we just automatically mark it as bad. And so I would just really encourage people to like go after research and and like go after what they're hearing and fig- find out for themselves what the Bible says. Because the Bible, I mean, the truth of God's word is there. And sometimes, uh, actually, majority of the time, we would rather go to Google and do a search <laughs> yeah. rather than search God's word for I what his truth, truth says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is God's <laughs> word reckless? Yeah, what is bad? <laughs> is God's love reckless? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so question time. So one of the things we want to do here is give uh, maybe some worship leaders within the youth ministry role or people who are are doing worship at youth groups on Wednesday, Sunday nights, whatever, um, some help because that Wednesday Wednesday, like student grind can get awkward sometimes or difficult or tiring, not like any other realm wouldn't. Um, But so what makes kind of a good experience like a good worshipful experience or and then what are some things that that prohibit a good worship experience for happening are there like non-negotiables that um like you have to have this to have a good worship experience or um kind of take us through that yeah um so you and you're saying specifically for a youth worship context and yeah it could be for if you think there's a, a difference of how you worship for with teens versus with adults, that might be good to yeah. share too. Yeah. So just to even say to that, you know, like knowing your context and knowing who you're leading is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a difference between, mm-hmm. you know, a young crowd and young young leaders and young people and you know parents and mm-hmm. you know you know <laughs> leaders or families who you know mom and dad are at a day job every day and they just you know, are engaged completely different. And that's one of the things I actually love about leading youth and leading the next generation is, you know, they're actually a lot easier to engage. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, and I you would tell s- them to jump and they'll jump. Most yeah. Of the yeah. Time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Everyone stand up, come here. Okay. <laughs> which is, which is on one hand really dangerous for the worship leader because yeah. you can easily fall into, you know, raise your hand, jump around, have fun yeah. equals worship. Yeah. But some of the, some of the keys that I would even point out to your question is like, are you really leading students towards the truth of who God is and to worship him and what John four says, it says that Jesus said the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, how are we engaging students in such a way in every worship set, in every worship environment, to encounter God in spirit and in truth, to worship him in spirit and in truth? And so some of the, you know, the non-negotiables in that are, are positioning your heart in such a way that you're leading people towards Jesus mm-hmm. and towards his kingdom over yourself. And, and I think that's, uh, that's so key, and I teach that to, to every worship leader that we have in our programs, every worship student worship leader that we, um, we lead, it's, it's a heart thing. And it's, it's really whatever you need to do before you step on a stage to position your heart before the Lord to, to truly worship Him in spirit and truth is a big deal. And I and I think that's there's a lot of that uh, even in youth worship. It's almost sometimes, hey, we just need a guy to to lead a couple songs on stage. Can you just get up there and and do it? And they're like, yeah, right. I can do that. I know how to <laughs> sure. play the guitar. I can sing. Yeah. And we miss out on such a beautiful opportunity we have to not only like disciple but to stir their faith on. And then in the return, like their faith will stir on the faith of their peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we kind of get to some practical uh, helps and tips and all that, um, do you mind sharing your uh, maybe a worship experience that stands out to you, like your best worship experience? Not that you did really good, <laughs> but more like, man, it was awesome to feel the presence of God bigger than I've ever felt before. Is there mm-hmm. a, an event, a worship, a camp that that stands out to you that really kind of like, man, this was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the, yeah, it's weird. I I feel like God is so true to his promises and that, you know, when we seek him with all of our heart, like we find him. And so I would say like, yeah, the last time, we let a worship set. I tell my team this all the time. <laughs> it's like my favorite worship set is the last one that we did. Okay, cool. And and I and I truly believe it. Like when we go all in after Him and we don't hold back, like it 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 changes us every time. Okay. And and so yeah, I would say we did this worship night at our um, at our new school, and I mean it was just it was incredible. Like it was amazing just seeing God move in the hearts of people and and really seeing the 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 uh, people there uh, taking hold of the songs mm-hmm. and sing them back to you, and especially the things that weren't planned or the moments where yeah. where really like the room takes over and the people it really becomes the song of the people. So on the other side of the spectrum, if we you will. We have to ask this, but we have to. What has been, you don't have to name names or churches or whatnot, um, but what has been like the most awkward or terrible experience? Like, I just get me out of here. I wish I'd never had done this. Oh, yes. Well, I have many. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll share one super awkward moment. All right. Uh, and my wife never lets me live this down, um, but it. It was early on uh, when I was leading worship, and um, I was introducing a new song, and I'm up there leading, and I start the song in the wrong key. Okay, and and I'm so I'm playing and singing in the wrong key, 
And and then I just realized this is terrible. So I just stop. And then I ask her, I'm like, can we all just clap for me? Because this is so bad. <laughs> and and so everyone, you know, claps. And then so like I regather myself. I'm like, okay, I start the song again. And then I start the song in the wrong, like I couldn't find the pitch. Oh, no. So I started wrong again. Oh, no. And then, you know, I had to stop again and then repeat it. And then I finally got it. But it was just the most awkward thing ever. Oh, boy. And so, yeah. Yeah. It, so My if wife you start- was embarrassed. She was like <laughs> going in the other room, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know him. I have no idea who he is. So the moral of the story is if you start the song wrong, just just keep going. Just like roll with it. Okay. No, no don't do that. <laughs> so those moments are so crucial because now you know, like that's not going to happen again. Yeah. So those moments are crucial. Yeah. So speaking like you asking the crowd to kind of clap for me just to kind of break this awkward silence kind of thing. So um, do you uh, try to, like when is it a good time to say, all right, crowd, everyone raise your hands and clap or all that. Do you do it every time or never or in certain moments? Well, I'll like, say, I, before you even get to it, I, as a musician, my biggest fear is is an audience clapping because audiences do not keep time. Oh, no, no. And so no. my biggest fear in the world is like, I'm always like, oh, please don't clap. Like, please don't clap along to this song because you're going like, to, and so, of course, because then they want to rush and so that's my biggest fear as a musician. That was my biggest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a huge, like, motivational worship leader, if, <laughs> if you would call it that. Where uh, Aerobics. Yeah. Worship aerobics. <laughs> um, you know, I, I believe in God's word. And so I believe, you know, his word in the Psalms, like, commands us, calls us to to raise our hands, to clap your hands, to shout with shouts of praise. And and so I think, you know, as we seek him, like these things happen among us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's probably moments where I, where I've, you know, invited people to raise their hands um in surrender or, you know, let go of something or or clap your hands um and but it it's always you know where it finds its spot not necessarily like every time okay or just leading by example like um and i and i think i've learned over the years of like i just want to be myself and so how do i you know clap when i feel the like need or urge to clap or shout or jump around or you know that experience before the lord yeah you know so that experience helps kind of yeah know the audience and know the timing and it truly leads people um and then and then there's also like a time to explain and teach why you would do this (laughs) yeah yeah